This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, and the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Angel Heart. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunzetta, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the smithereened, sweet, slurpy, literally, mm. Justin Waddell. How's it going, sir? It's good. It was a good day today, sir. I know. You got some good news, huh? Yeah. I got I got a job. Well, you, a, you, a full-time you, job. You were able to convert your contract into a full-time job. That's right. I think uh, I, I can uh, speak for the entire listenership and say congratulations, sir. It's very nice of you guys. Thank you for every, everybody that you're speaking for. I appreciate it. I'm going to be a, uh, a, a Fox pundit. That's my full-time gig now. <laughs> Actually, how about you? What, how was your day? I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm in uh, sunny Huntsville, Alabama, in a hotel room, living the dream, you know? Yeah. I, just, I see. So we can see each other during this. Yeah. listeners and um nick has some uh, artwork behind him hotel artwork yeah and it is i believe like a it looks like a well, okay. reeds reeds well, no you're looking at that one but to the to the on the other side mm-hmm. there is a triptych a, a, a triptych and it, it has it has reeds yeah it has a swamp mm-hmm. and it has gabriel mocked <laughs> in the third spot <laughs> Star of the shadow. He means the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, suits. And uh, young uh, guns, whatever that movie is called. American Outlaws. Was he in American Outlaws? It was an early gig for him, I imagine. He was the standout in that movie. I thought he was going to be a big star when I saw him in that. Mm-hmm. I told you, I, I get it right every time. He's um, He's got a last name that's somewhat hard to say, but you sound like you've practiced. No, I just, just popped into my craw. But I mean, it's it's a very harsh, uh, aggressive name, a very German esque name. You know, it's got those hard words in it. I know. Well, he, and the first name's so sweet sounding, Gabriel. Right. right. Almost, you know, angelic. Right. right. Angelic. Yeah. And then you know, he 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 follows it up. Wonder what his middle name is. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I think I'm gonna look it up. Sixteen inch carburetor. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Um, so guys, welcome to the microscope. Uh, it seems like it's been nary a week since we've last met. We hope you have feasted upon almost an angel and it has washed over you like a fine sprinkle of nature's rain. And, uh, here we are with another angel movie. 
I know it's a, it's a theme. You know, you think about it. Some accidents are happy, and some accidents are just accidents. I mean, like uh, you know, Jane Mansfield. This is a happy one. Happy. That's one word I use to describe this film. <laughs> sweaty. But, uh, sweaty. Is another word. Yeah. Pale. Um, chicken. Chicken. Sexy. Uh, can I use the word metal? Like the there's metal in this film. You cannot use that word. Okay. <laughs> Is there metal in it? It's got to be. I mean, that's just a safe bet. Like if I were to, yeah. if I were to bet a, a betting man, and I was going to go see a movie, and I wanted to fucking totally rip somebody's heart out at the betting table, I would bet there's metal in this movie. <laughs> Is that why you're always when we see movies together? You're always like, you think there's going to be metal in this one? I do. Yeah. Why do you think I keep dragging you to X Men films? <laughs> um. I think you're right. I'll have to think about it, but I think there's a couple instances of metal in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, metallurgy, that's a that's a push. Like, that's hard, you know? Not too many movies with that practice uh, in it that I can remember. What about yeah. you? Um, actually, in Virus, there's a metal orgy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Is there? Yeah, I mean, when when our boy is getting fucking screwed into pieces with ropes and wires and little transistors, he's... What is his name? Everton. Uh, Everton. And you wrote a song about him. I did. Not the yeah. first. Not the first. Um, so, guys, it's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through the tears of an apple, and we really caterwaul as hard as we can to the corners and to the left... And uh, we, we pull back and discover what makes or breaks. And it's those moments that help us unleash our torrent of fucking bile onto you. <laughs> so if we were watching Best Defense, we didn't talk about the scene where Dudley Moore wakes up and is a wood golem pooping and sneezing. We talk about the little moments. So you, you did see the do- behind the scenes documentary. <laughs> and today we got what, 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 they, what we like to call in the business, a big one. Uh, the first listener suggested film. This was from our, our very special episode. This was one of those hordes of films that was uh, asked that we do. And as uh, the world's premier film related podcast, we obliged. I was looking forward to this one, actually. It's a shame grab. We're doing a shame grab for the golden microscope. Let's face it. Is that what you call it? <laughs> 1955, this movie takes place in. Yeah, but made in what year? 87? Released in 87, yeah. Made in 86. So this, came out, this came out Roger Rabbit year. So that's all I need to know. Very similar theme. Yeah. Actually, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit might be darker than this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this film was very controversial at the time. Uh, I was remembering that as I watched it uh, because it featured a... Uh, naked Lisa Bonet, who was the, one of the stars of the Cosby show at the time and yeah. a different world, I think maybe another world or is it a different world? It's a different world, but no, another think, world with soap operas, right? I think that she was, I don't know if that's, she got fired from one of those shows during this because of this Cosby. Yeah. And she, uh, because she, um, was nude, but then I read that maybe that wasn't the case, that she had gotten pregnant in real life, and that's why she got fired. Either way, it was a raw deal for her. I think she was obviously trying to um, separate her um, image from her Cosby image, you know? So I will tell you, image. 
huge crush on Lisa Bonet as a young man. Still? Still. The only thing is, is I couldn't imagine even looking at something Lenny Kravitz has touched. I survived. Well, she's now with Momoa. That's a win. And, um, yeah, she's beautiful. Uh, I always thought she was a very interesting actress, but she doesn't, she never really, she didn't do too much, right? Like, she never really. Was she in high fidelity? I think she was. She was in high fidelity, yeah. yeah. But I was trying to think of like other stuff that she was in later. Yeah. And it's like she wasn't really in a lot. She was in enough. You think so? Yeah, she did enough. She was in a, I think she was in some movie. You know. Now her daughter is a big actress, Zoe Kravitz. Did you see that she did a remake of her Rolling Stone cover? Her famous Rolling Stone cover, Zoe Kravitz did? Well, I don't think I did see this. So Lisa Lisa Bonet had that very famous Rolling Stone cover. She was naked and very uh, cool. I watched, I looked at it quite a bit. Um, and then Zoe did a perfect cover of it. Same pose, you know? Yeah. I didn't. I missed it, and I can't really picture the Rolling Stone cover that she's she naked, on. and it's Lisa Bonet. I, I don't need need to I, say. I'm sure more. I'd recognize it. Hey, let me um, give me one second. I gotta plug my computer in. Sorry. All right, I'm gonna talk to the listeners for a minute. All about right, that picture. So it's not really erotic, you know. It's kind of it's it's tasteful. You don't see anything. It's not meant to get you like ripping hard. It's just really elegant, and pretty. It's not like a Maplethorpe where you're seeing somebody's inner asshole. It's really sweet. So I just want you guys to realize this is not a perverse thing. It's a very tasteful cover. She looks good, but it doesn't it doesn't send you packing to the bathroom to rip ass. I mean, it's very tasteful. So look it up on Google. You won't get in trouble. It's not not you know it's it's perfectly safe for work, especially if you're working from home and you got some tissues handy. What were we saying? I was saying it's a good photograph, and it's something that um, continues a, a theme of Rolling Stones to where. Um, elegance married with, um, uh, you know, a little bit of social commentary with just a little bit of eros. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you weren't saying that. Um, I'm looking up. You're right. Okay. I see it. Yep. Yeah. And do you see the cover? Do you see Zoe's version? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did the side by side. I think it looks like, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I don't really remember that cover. And then they got Art Malik to do the same pose. Well, he's okay. So, hey, Angel Heart, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, this is uh, this is one of those. It's Alan Parker who recently left the Planetoid, but a uh, very talented filmmaker. Yeah, very eclectic filmmaker. He always kind of one of those guys that wasn't famous for doing any one type of film. He he dabbled in a lot of different genres, right? Yeah. So he did the commitments. He did Birdie. Midnight. The Birdie did uh, Midnight Express. I think is one of his films. He did uh, Miss Parker. I mean, he's done a vicious lot. circle. <laughs> he's yeah, he's good. He's solid. He wouldn't like follow him around or anything, but he was good. But it was one of those films that early on had this notoriety for being really taboo and having this crazy twist ending. <laughs> I don't think now <clears throat> to come to when I'm watching it now. Maybe it's because I know I could tell the twist. I couldn't remember it exactly, but. It's very telegraphed. So I don't, it's not like he was trying to hide it that hard, was he? I don't know, sir. I don't know. All I know is whew, really blew me away. <laughs> Do you know who's a huge fan of this film and it, and claims that it's an inspiration to some of his uh, fractured narratives? Chris Nolan. 
Yeah. Did you read that too? No. Or you just make it. Do you hear when you say fracture narrative? narratives? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Nolan is a huge fan of this and the wall, which I think is all another one of Pink Floyd. I think Parker did that too. Um, and so uh, well, that was surprising to hear. But Nolan also likes um, MacGruber. Yeah, and that's and he should. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's your experience? What were you excited? You saw this in the theater, I imagine. I did not see it in the theater because I was, you know, it had all that sex. It was so scary to people. But I saw it as soon as it hit whatever format, HBO or video or whatever it was. Yeah, I saw it in the video. And I found it to be terrifyingly boring. You didn't even like it when it was originally, when you first saw it, you didn't like it. I didn't like it. And and to make matters even worse, obviously I was the right age for it to really speak to me. And I thought even the, I mean, obviously there's a reason that the the, the romantic element of it is painful and, and disturbing. So I didn't get you know, even that value out of it as a pubescent. So I, it has a, it has a wild sex scene in this that, that goes awry. And so if you're looking for, um, some titillation, it just goes bad for you. It goes bad for you. But here's the thing. When I think I was 16, when I saw this, I guess I probably saw when it came out in video, probably 88, right? 15, 16. I thought it was a masterpiece. I thought it was super good. Because you and were I, young and, and you hadn't seen a lot, and this pushed some buttons. Because it's very stylish. Mm-hmm. It it it, uh, it does it does try to tinker with your with your earlobes and all that. But and the Lewis the 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 reveal blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> so I was young and and just really well, kind of dumb. And honestly, that wasn't the norm back then. Nowadays, there was a period of time, uh, almost a decade, where we were so accustomed, like we were waiting for the twist we we were so it was such a big part of everything right crying game chat kind of changed everything and sixth sense those kind of movies right because right. people yeah. were hoping for twists yeah you know and uh they didn't they they got smarter as they went even mm-hmm. though we were conditioned to expect them this didn't have a lot of competition in that regard i know jacob's ladder came out uh, probably after this Right. And, th- and that had a twist. And there was other films that had it, but it was never the driving force. But Jacob's Ladder isn't a bad movie to compare this one to, actually. Because they're I both super weird. They're super weird. I think I think Jacob's Ladder's imagery is more effective. The disturbing stuff that they do is more effective. I, In a way, I think that's a, a stranger film. But it's also, yeah, there's... Uh, the the main characters are both very confused throughout the entire run of the film and yeah. both in both movies. So, although I think as filmmakers go, um, this guy blows Adrian line away, blows him away. You think so? Absolutely. Well, this movie is super well made. I mean, we talked about that when we were we talked earlier, it's beautifully made. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of threadbare when it comes to story it seems it's style over substance which i yeah. think a lot of i think it got hit with that criticism when it came out but that's the thing is like noir films typically that's actually not a that's a virtue for a lot of noir type mm-hmm. films because the more dense it gets so the more complex it gets it gets rid of that pulpy kind of universal appeal that those are known for and i think i think the strength of this movie in a lot of ways is mickey rourke's performance he, i think he's really good in this and he's very um he's very charismatic as this character who is slowly kind of unraveling, <clears throat> you know, and he, and he has that all those noirish elements kind of confused 
you find out later that he 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 doesn't know who he is. You know, that's usually kind of upfront with the amnesia stuff in this. But I he's, think this really bandaged hand. Yeah. And now it's based on an, on a book, but it feels like a graphic novel in a lot of respects. It, it feels mm-hmm. like, it, and I think a lot of that stuff, like some of the some of the notes that it could have played along the way, might have made the reveal a little bit harder to to guess. Mm-hmm. But the way that this film does it, and partially because we're so, as an audience, we're so much more sophisticated than we were in 87 in terms of this kind of material. I just mm. think it's really hard. And, and honestly, if you, you like Rourke, he's fine in it. I, I'm not going to say he's bad or anything like that. But there's nothing else in this movie that holds like a candle, you know, that, that makes, it, when you take that plot twist at the end out of it, it doesn't carry water. I don't think it does as a, as a film on its own. I don't think it, it has enough to warrant well the so this the mystery element to the movie where he's trying to solve stuff and we'll, we'll go back and kind of fill in some blanks but it feels pretty scattershot like it feels like kind of glued together where his performance feels strong but the story doesn't and then the end is the kind of the most interesting part in a way but also kind of i do like how vulnerable he is in this whole movie yeah. and how he's he's not your typical gumshoe type character He's afraid. He's neurotic. He's he's horny the whole movie. He's absolutely horny. I and mean, that maybe that's not that's, but you know what I'm saying? Like in every every time he's in a scene, his his eyes wander to the lady in the room, like almost every time. Um, then he finally he finally um, gets to bed. Uh, um, you know, Lisa Bonet, and it turns into old boy. But let's let's go back to the yeah. Yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Who's in this movie besides Mickey Rourke? Charlotte Rampling. Hmm. Very surprised to see her name uh, in the credits. I, forgot I was surprised was to see her name, but once I saw her, saw her name, I was not surprised to see her breasts. Is she always naked? <laughs> she is so naked always. <laughs> oh, I remember the piano teacher, but what else? She's always naked. She's an okay. antichrist. Right, or she's in one of those sexy Lars von Trier's. She's got a very unique presence, and you know, obviously fitting for this film, where she has to play a mysterious, like, you know, um, palm reader, uh, fortune teller. You're giving her a lot of credit. She gets about she gets about seven minutes in this film. You want to talk about a missed opportunity, though? Mm -hmm. How is there not a fruit called a rampling? (laughs) It's a great name. Charlotte Rampling. Yeah, yeah. It sounds destined for fame. Yeah. That's what they should call baby bridges. Do they have, well, the, are there baby, are there baby bridges? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so no, here, here's the thing. So then we got uh, Lisa Bonet, who we talked about, who we didn't, a lot of people might not know if they're young. She hasn't, like I said, she's, she hasn't acted for a long time. It doesn't seem. And then uh, old Bobby De Niro shows up in this film. Bob De Niro is in this film. Mm-hmm. As is Catherine Wilhoyt. She from, is. From, from ER. From ER, but also from Sid and Nancy. Wasn't she in Sid and yeah, Nancy? Yeah, she was in. Yeah, that, that might be. That might track. Pruitt Taylor Vince in a super early role. I know. Like It's almost like, I wonder if it's his first role. He, he doesn't. He's still got those fucked up eyes, though. Yeah, but not as noticeable because he's not in as many shots. Yeah, and uh, you said that uh, Paul Schofield's in this. I was wrong. Okay, good. It's a a Paul Schofield alike. Which is a bad place to be. That's a bad spot. (laughs) 
So I looked up his name earlier, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I uh, can't remember his name, but yeah, so that's kind of the cast, you know, obviously written and directed by Alan Parker. Um, did you ever listen to that band, the Alan Parsons project? Of course. By the way, I, I used am to listen in the sky. <laughs> so I used to love that band and I used to listen to them probably around this, maybe a little before, um, this movie came out on my Walkman at night to go to sleep. That's how much I love. What that. was your big song from them? Well, I think you just sang it, sir. That's all I love. I had that, that 45, the mm. 45 for that song was, uh, had a gray and, uh, it was like a very metallic, not metallic sheen, but metal color metal called it mm. Mm. very, very like a lots of industrial grays on that 45. Yeah. Yeah, but I wore that song out. I, I'm, I'm sure I listen to the whole album all the time, but I just really remember. Here's the secret to that song. Earworm, but haunting. Yeah. Also it, inspired in Helen Mirren film. Did it? Well, she's in a film the called High, High in the Sky. Oh, okay. <laughs> the drone movie? Yeah. She's in that with Jill. Who's in that? Jill Hall? She's in a drone movie. Maybe she's not in that drone movie. I thought she was in Eye of the Sky. Or the Ethan Hawke. There's one called Drone. There's okay. one with Sean Bean. Yeah. And there's one with Helen Mirren. I thought hers was Eye in the Sky. We need to do a drone movie on the show at some point. Yes. I mean, I, people have been asking, but I've been pushing back on it. But I'm finally ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people say every episode drones. <laughs> some people say every episode has me rampling constantly. So um, I'm getting hungry to so stop. So was so was was I was I wrong about her that nurse being in Sid and Nancy? Catherine Wilhite Hoyt whatever. Yeah. Let me tell you, you something. We do me the honor and look her up. I'm going to tell you something that blows my pants away. Yes. She is made to be a symbol of sex in this movie. There's a there is a butt shot of her in this movie. Yeah, she's in a nurse's outfit for God's sakes, but she's in a like a nineteen. What when does he say it was set? The fifties? Fifty five. Fifty five fifties nurse's outfit. But she, I always thought she was a pretty good actress. She is wonderful. Get... She's wonderful, and that character was annoying as shit in ER. Yeah, she was and, a and sister, it, right? Yeah, like so, Chloe, maybe. Yeah, Chloe. And it, it, it sounds oh, like. Is that why I think? That's a name of a person you would hate. Her name in ER was Chloe. You nailed it. nailed it. Okay, so here's where you know this lady from. And I'm actually starting to love her more the more I see the film she was in. Uh, what did you say? What movie? Sid and Nancy. I might be wrong. No, she's not in that. But she's in. She's already been in a film we've done on this show, of course. What? Fire in the Sky. But um, oh, Was she? Yeah, but she was in Roadhouse, which we'll be doing relatively soon. She was in Lorenzo's Oil, which we're definitely doing. She was also in The Edge. Jesus. She's in a movie you're dying to do, Color of Night. Yeah. Oof. She's had a good little career. She must not have done much in those two movies, The Edge uh, or Fire in the Sky. We would have brought her up. Maybe we did bring her up in Fire in the Sky. She's still I know working. Who you're th- I think I think I know who you're. I know I know who you're thinking of. Well, I know she didn't play Nancy in that. I thought she was in those movies. I know she didn't play Nancy, but I guess she's not in them. You know who um, worked on that film, which is why we can't do it for a long time. What's it, Nancy? Yeah. Uh, uh, Gary Oldman. Deacons. 
He 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 was a cinematographer for that. that fucking fucking cat. I might. I won't give him the the honor. Here's what's so yeah. funny. I want to talk full circle. One of the reasons Microscope is such a great show is it's it's sort of like it's it, time is a flat circle. It's kind of the embodiment mm-hmm. of that. So she played Chloe in ER. Chloe Webb played Nancy. We have pulled a Nolan esque twist on this episode already. Is that how I got there? You think? I think so. I think that's your sub subcutaneous working. That's a weird one. I I wonder if she was in some kind of rock and roll type movie, and that's from because she has that kind of that kind of look. She has a and she has a cool voice. Like her voice is cool and sweet. You know, like she's got some kind of interesting voice. Let's, I'm going to follow her on Instagram tonight. Yeah, let me bookmark it real quick. Real quick, let me. I'm her, I'm going to make a note of my smartwatch. To her, t- follow her, her, on Instagram. her TikTok is wet hot. Yeah. 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 You've been on TikTok lately, huh? Yeah. I took uh, the Angel Heart Challenge on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's why you're dehydrated. No, that's uh that's blowing a bubblegum and smoking at the same time. Oh, okay. And that's what Mickey Rourke does at the very beginning of this film. It blew my mind. Okay. He blows a huge bubble, like a huge pink bubble, pops it, and then you know, keeps chewing and then smokes a cigarette. It's like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> On film, he blew a huge bubble. Yeah, that's why the original title of this film was Cancer and Cavities. <laughs> but anyway, I've been taking the Angel Heart <laughs> Challenge on TikTok. By the way, has Bubblicious gone away? Have we lost Bubblicious in this true world? You think it's it's it, you think it's a victim of COVID? No, I think this is a victim of just reality and and the and the and did the, Bubblicious go toes up and the monarchy that is Ferrara Pan? You know what gum was just a nightmare to to try to get through, even though it was so delicious or yeah, it looked so don't delicious. Take Gatorade. I love the Gatorade gum back then. No zebra stripe, fruit stripe. Um, was it called fruit stripe? Yeah. I think it's called Zebra Stripe. It's called Fruit Stripe. Wait, was there a mascot of Zebra? Yes. I'm losing it. My my mind is going, you know, first I get the Sid and Nancy fact wrong. Now this? Yeah. I love, I, Fruit Stripe gum was and so And by cool. the way, uh, the best thing about Fruit Stripe. What? They all looked the same, but they had different flavors. Like you'd be eating it and over the course of the meal, mm-hmm. you'd go from grape, little cherry, little plum, and then it would end up at, at the end in with rampling it's so good i always like it how they had it was a taste explosion for about if you could time it 13 seconds and then it was unchewable flavorless yeah <laughs> but it looked great yeah anyway i what did you think of him walking down the well how does this movie start it doesn't start like that it starts with a a cat on a um on a, in a stairwell on a bow being being pissed at a dog that finds a dead body right now, who is that dead body? Do we it, find out? I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Johnny Favorite. It's not. Well, it's not Johnny Favorite. Is it Johnny Favorite, one of his victims? Probably. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be bothered to care at that point. So it just kind of sets a gritty tone for this film. There's a dead body in the alleyway. This movie is very bloody. It's got some very violent. It's not violent deaths. But you see the aftermath. Yeah, violent crime scenes, and it's mm-hmm. it is blood. There's a lot of blood, but mm-hmm. you see blood. You don't see blood like 
spewing out of people and shit like that. It's not till later during the sex scene. It's not spewing. It's falling on too. It's very fluid heavy. That scene. Yeah. Not the right. Mm -mm, Not the right. Not the right. (laughs) So So there's a a little little wailing sax introduced early on. Do you like that? I hate that. that I think that's probably, that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that made the movie dated to me is the, the emphasis on that shit. You don't like the soundtrack, huh? No, the music. There's a quite there's quite a bit of good music in the in the movie, but I think that when that saxophone showed its ugly face, it kind of wrenched me out. And so then you you see our heroes walking down the street. He's got a huge ass coat, and his name is Harry Harold Angel. Yeah, and he's a gumshoe, he's a private eye, and he gets called into the services of one Louis Sophia. Yeah, who he proceeds to keep saying his name wrong. Yeah. And De Niro keeps correcting it to uh, Lewis Cipher. <laughs> and um, he hires this, uh, this destitute, uh, you know, private eye. He, he needs him to track down somebody, a missing person who owes De Niro something, so owes his character something. Right. Uh, De Niro has a huge ass long Lee press on nails in this. He does. The, the camera is in love with his fingernails in this. Keep showing his crazy nails. And, you know, this is a weird, this, you know, this is the kind of time when you could drop De Niro into a movie like this. And it was a huge deal because he's such a good actor. Everybody, he's revered at this point. He would do like, he would remember he showed up in Brazil. Of course. And he was great. He showed up in this pretty good. And he was just kind of like, not the star, but most, most good looking De Niro phase of his career too. He was at the max that even that gigantic tumor on his face looks so sweet. <laughs> The the best looking De Niro though, I'm, we're going to disagree. Midnight Run De Niro, nah. What? He's he you know what he's he's sporting the uh, he has that church hair in that movie. Love it. Okay. Doesn't have church hair in this. No, he don't. He's got he's long, not, lovely locks. He's, in this. Well, he is, he's wearing a church hair because he's in a church in this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's wearing those fucking super hair. So who do you, what do you think? Give me the movie that De Niro's at his best looking. I would say this slash the mission was like him at his most hmm. ravishing. How about uh, We're No Angels? No. <laughs> Although I did like the fact that he had that adorable Sean Penn haircut with Sean Penn. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 fun. Um, and Sean Penn was pretty dumb in that movie, from what I can remember. His character was really stupid, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that was his characteristic. Anyway. So De Niro in this scene, it's very strange, and he's got the long nails, and he's got this pentagram ring. Very apparent that something strange is going on. Pretty and he solid. asks, and he asks um, our hero to track down somebody that has a very strange name, Johnny Favorite, which is great. <laughs> which is the name I thought you would love. And uh, he's and he doesn't give much information other than <clears throat> he had been in like a a mental institution. Uh, for 12 years and they just found out that he wasn't he hadn't really been there he'd been faking his presence there and so now they're on the hunt to get what's owed to de niro right put this guy and they all he has is before he was this guy was a crooner before the war they use the word crooner um a lot and so then you're right he goes to the hospital he he goes and checks out this hospital that johnny favorite was and that's when he meets this nurse and he says something about a ballpoint pen. What does he say? 
Well, he makes a comment because there's some handwritten shit on the paperwork there that was written in ballpoint. And he says ballpoint pens weren't invented at the time when this gentleman allegedly was booked or whatever. But the IMDb trivia says that that's actually inaccurate and ballpoint pens were invented in the 30s. So that is an inaccurate zoom on this detective's part. And well, maybe on purpose. Zoom on, on, the, on Alan Parker, who, who to his credit did not have the internet. Fair enough. But it's also maybe telling you this detective isn't all that he's cracked up to be because he he really doesn't do very good detective work in this movie at any time. He does solve the crime. (laughs) I would say it's solved for him (laughs) after he commits all the crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he goes to this this place where this Johnny favorite should have been. He's not. So the the hunt begins and he has to globetrot a little bit. Yeah, he goes to New Orleans. He does, and he meets this old gentleman. He does, and and the one of the things he does when he gets to New Orleans, or no, I think this, that, I think that parts in the in New York. That's right. But so when he what he is breaks he, into this doctor's place, there's something and, very weird in their interaction. Well, there is, but I want to back up because when he breaks in, he does something that I have done before. What's that? Which is he has a toolbox in the dark. He opens it and he grabs a flashlight out of the toolbox and he aims the flashlight into the toolbox to get some other stuff. Very relatable to me. Have you ever done it? No. Yeah, you know you can get the, you can grab the flashlight, but then you need that source of light to kind of dig around in the toolbox. I thought it'd be fun if he grabbed the screwdriver and then he started unscrewing the toolbox. <laughs> um, I love but- I love that our relationship continues to bear new discoveries even after all these years. <laughs> so um, you're, I didn't know you were a flashlight in the toolbox guy. I like a good flashlight. I will say that. What do you, what's your feelings on them? Do you, have you grabbed one lately? Yeah. A huge yeah. fan. Yeah. Yeah. I like to turn them on and then throw them at my neighbor's house. I do like Cheap to, I, I like to turn them on and throw them to watch the magnificent arc of the light. Mm-hmm. But I, what I really like about a flashlight is how it enables me to see. That's what you like about it. Yeah. That's probably my, it's at least in my top five, you know, did I, can I tell a mini story, a flashlight mini story? Mm -hmm. So we used to go to this Island off the coast of South Carolina called Defusky. Mm -hmm. We went for like five straight years. It's a wonderful place. There's no cards, all golf carts. That's where you ran into Meg Ryan, right? That is where we almost killed Meg Ryan. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. so we were, we were there one holiday season it's really quiet, and we had a flashlight. We'd go on these golf cart rides, and the only light we'd we, we'd keep the, the golf cart had lights, but we would use a flashlight. And we came across the strangest thing one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life before. On the ground, on the path in front of us, two owls were fucking. <laughs> and I don't know anything about owls, but I certainly didn't know that they fuck on the ground. How did you know that they were? Um, it was super not fighting. It was super obvious. Yeah, I mean, and, it was. And they're both of their heads screwed towards us, and they w- continued, and it was the fucking weirdest. And it made mm. me, you know, I've always found them to be graceful, beautiful creatures. I'm, I'm, I'm mystified by owls. That's something you got to know about me. Mm-hmm. But that cut to the fucking core, and now they are dumbasses to me <laughs> because they fuck on the ground and it looks dumb. But to their credit, did not lose his heart on with me sitting there. 
Did you watch the completion? <laughs> Did you watch what till when they separated? No, they were still going at it. I slowly eased myself out after watching for a long time. Yeah. So they, they have some stamina owls when they get to get down to business. Yeah, yeah. I never I never thought about And to an answer your question, sex. they were not great horned owls. <laughs> Was it can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Was it kind of hot? <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with you. <laughs> Turned on by ground owls. Well, the <laughs> the funny thing is, is their bodies aren't built to grind and pump. I mean, it's a matter of opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> sounds like you did some reading after this. Incident. I didn't. I, I'm going to after this podcast, though. <laughs> um, please type in Al's, Al's fucking into Google tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's it. So that's disturbing. I'm gl- I'm sorry that you saw it. I'm not. Yeah. It's not the worst thing um, that I've seen fucking. So yeah, he, he happens upon this doctor who um, had signed this document, you know, Mickey Rourke um, interrogates. And I tell you what, this doctor, he's a drug, he's a drug addict and Mickey Rourke figures this out and he holds the drugs uh, kind of over this guy's head. The guy sings like a canary. He tells him everything mm-hmm. and it's still not good enough for Mickey Rourke. <laughs> it's like, tell me everything the guy does. And then Mickey Rourke locks him into the in the room, into his own room, and goes out for uh, a walk. But before that, he gets really close to this guy, and he is touching the living shit out of that guy's face. Like he, he is finger in that guy's face. It's very, What's I'm talking about? Like the guy's giving it all up, and he's still touching his face. He's you know? Very intimate with that guy. Yes, and he also does something that I find quite disturbing. He he una- he doesn't ask. It is not polite, and he takes that man's milk out of their fridge and just starts drinking it. You know? Yeah. Takes his milk. Um, so Mickey Rourke goes for a stroll. He ends up in a diner, and in this diner... Name of the diner. Oh, he was in diner. He was? But I don't know what the name of the diner was. Yankee Diner. Oh, was it? Yeah. And so he's in this diner, and he on the diner is a very lovely thing. Tell us. Did you notice? I'm sure I noticed it. It's a gumball machine. I did not notice. A uh, It's like a tabletop d- gumball machine, so it doesn't have the... Fruit stripe. <laughs> it was just sitting there, and you could put coins into it and get some bubble gum, which I was surprised to see because of the first scene. Mickey Rourke didn't dip his hand into his pocket and pull out a dime. Right. Which I imagine was what it cost back then. That's and- what a car cost back then. He could have done every gumball. <laughs> My aunt, when she was a kid, put a coin into a gumball machine and won a car. That was like the big prize. You could, and she won a car. Yeah. Did it come rolling out in a ball? It did not. It did not. Okay. But it caused some headaches for my 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 uh, grandfather. Why? So you, when you win a car from a gumball machine, there's paperwork involved. Yeah, you're going to pay taxes on that mud. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing was, there, his thirst still unquenched. Is all you want? Goddamn gumball! Does the gumballs quench your thirst? I never heard that. <laughs> That's a weird zoom <laughs> on personal zoom. Uh, anyway, so he goes back to. He was like, you know, I've had my, I'm, a, I'm, ha- I've had my meal, whatever he does, had my coffee. I'm gonna go back and check on the guy I locked into his bedroom, and uh, he, lo and behold, he's fine. 
he has been shot through the eye and his holding a picture and of his wife, his deceased wife and his brains are everywhere. And Mickey Rourke doesn't even, uh, you know, figure out if the guy's still alive. He just lights a match off his shoe, lights a cigarette. Yeah. So yeah, him and lighting matches in this movie was his biggest acting decision. He, he lights matches in a weird variety of ways in this movie. And then when he's, I noticed this too, on the way to this, to this scene, he's whistling in the car to this tune. Yep. And I sent you a picture of it. He whistles weird. He does. He, but I think he's got a, is, is a tell about the end of the movie. It is. I mean, he's a, yeah, it is. It is. He's whistling a song that he shouldn't know, I guess, but, you know, that's a little Alan Parker thing. So that's, that's the first instance of something troubling really cropping up. There's also a visual motif that begins in that scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? What do we see of a ton in this film? What is constantly shown? Fans. Fans. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. Every time something bad's about to happen or is happening, there's shots of uh, some fans, a air conditioning unit, something. Yep. Is that because uh, it's keeping hell's evil flames at bay? I mean, what is it supposed to mean? I don't know. And I don't really understand what's happening. So I'm going to have to ask you to tell me at the end of the film is De Niro possessing him during these scenes? Like what is going on? Maybe. Yeah. Cause um, he's the devil. Yes. Louis Cipher, which blew me away. So we get some more, we get another scene with De Niro. This is a weird his, scene. And he's peeling an egg with his little, his hard boiled egg with his fingernails. They, they, yeah, it's a, it's actually kind of a memorable scene. I, I give Alan Parker credit for not having him eat deviled eggs because that might have been too on the nose. Um, true, but yeah, he he with his little nails everywhere, and he um, he really kind of uncovers this egg. He gets the shell off of it, and he takes a huge bite. Close and up, Ricky, pop eaten. Yep. And Mickey Rourke is disturbed. Like when he bites into the egg, he looks like someone walked over his grave. Which I thought. Yeah, was and it's weird because Lewis Cipher offers him an egg and i gotta um, tell after you, he after he says eggs are this are like uh, a symbol of the soul right mm-hmm. and what does mickey rourke say to that when he's off he's grossed out by chickens he mentions and like chickens that's a huge thing in this he yeah. hates chickens but the funny thing is is i don't i know this is the 50s things were different but i a, 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 a an acquaintance offering you a an egg in public is nuts <laughs> Did she, he did put a salt on his egg after he uh, unsheathed it and Mickey Rourke then takes the salt and throws it over his shoulder, which I thought was a nice little well, touch. A, in this. Good, good luck. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a, yeah. there's a, I think it, actually that wards off the devil. I think that's what that means. Right. But there's also a line of thinking that somebody, there was some fan theory or whatever that if he had taken the egg and eaten it, it would have saved him. Right. Like it's a, a De Niro offering his soul back to him. And I got to ask you, is this, is this the only film where, the villain could have been thwarted if somebody ate an egg. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is a trick question. Like no, you have I one did, in mind. I don't think it's like you think about uh, as far as uh, you know Achilles' heels go. Eating an egg mm-hmm. is pretty solid. I mean, it's De Niro fucking with him. You know, he—that's what he's doing throughout this whole film. Apparently, um, you know, there's a. There's, soon after this, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Soon after this, there's a fight scene that breaks out. That's what I was going to say, it's second film in a row with a chair fight, and the, yeah, and it's these guys getting thrown into these these folding chairs, and Mickey Rourke's 
body double goes splashing into those things. But didn't it didn't it feel like a little connective tissue with the Paul Hogan movie? <sighs> Tell me which what part of that? What there scene in that? Ab- an a- absolute chair fight in that movie. Oh, when they're sitting down in the chairs, yeah. You're right, but that, not like this. I mean, this is like a this is like an ocean of chairs that they get whinged into. Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody's sprawling across these folding chairs. It looks like it really hurts. Fair enough. But then there's a huge chase sequence, which there's, is kind of fun. And then there is a very awkward sequence where the sexy lady who... The reporter. Who strips while giving all the exposition... She does. She has a heavy exposition scene, uh, and then she also is getting prepared. She's preparing to have sex with um, Mickey Rourke, and she's super. She gets super naked, and then he turns mm-hmm. away from her, so she can continue giving exposition. It's, yeah, it's a very weirdly blocked scene. It is, and then I guess in another cut, like she gets, she's one of the, his a victim as well. Yeah, but we, we don't see. We don't see it in this version, right? Mm-mm. And that's the lady who played in Goodfellas. She was in- is she in Goodfellas? Yeah. Um, and then the best thing happens. He goes to the beach, goes to Coney Island, gets the glasses. He does. He gets the nose shield. He gets the nose shield. And the I nose shield is ridiculous. Rem- I do not remember that part of this film. And it makes me so happy. Yeah. He interrogates a few people on the beach uh, and it's a cold day and it's very dreary. But this guy offers him a nose shield, which he puts on his sunglasses or his glasses. And it looks ridiculous. Um. Uh, and then the word gazuni comes up. The lady says, don't be a gazuni, mm-hmm. which I, I, I wrote down as well. There's a lot of things that happen in the scene that confuse me. No shields, gazuni. And then that woman standing in the, the water because she thinks the cold water is going to help her varicose veins. Mm-hmm. And, and Mr. Rourke is afraid to go in. He is. He keeps the water keeps coming up and he's stepping over it. Yeah. Um, and this is so, when it's after that scene that he makes the pilgrimage to New Orleans. You're right. We're really we're really detailing this movie, but that's exactly what happens. But next. did you notice the uh, what was in his uh, suitcase? Because they show his sparsely packed suitcase. A gun. And there is a grotesquely ugly large pair of tube socks in that thing. <laughs> Does he have tube socks? Two white tube socks. Oh wow! Who knew? Yeah. Um, yeah. So is that the only thing that's in there? No, there's other shit, but the, just the, there was one pair of ugly white tube socks. Right. That was the only sock representation <clears throat> in, in the film. Yeah. It, it taught me a little bit about Harry Angel, though. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he goes straight to this woman, right? That um, is like a Charlotte Rampling. He actually, he when Follow- he gets to New Orleans, he. He follows her. Yeah, he. And she wh- catches his eye. And where does he sit? <sighs> on the bus? What are you talking about? The where trolley? Did, where does he sit on the bus? He sits in the and colored section. Oh, I didn't notice this. Okay. Yeah, so there's like a scene where he is just basically, he's sitting in the colored section, which is obviously the equivalent of being invisible, I would guess, in that time because mm-hmm. people were so shitty. But um, yeah, he's just sitting there right in the first row past the colored section Watching old Charlotte Rampley move about, move about town. Yeah, play with her hair, her beautiful, yeah. her illustrious hair. Yeah, and he follows her to her her office or her apartment, and then he asks her, asks her some questions about Johnny Favorite. Yeah, and that's a good thing because she offers him tea, and he chooses the best. What does he choose? Oolong, dog. 
He really zoomed in. Yeah, Oolong. <laughs> he said to her, he says a pretty cute line to her when he's leaving because she wants him to leave because she figures him out. She he figures she figures that he's there to uh, dig up information she don't want to give. Right. And so she ushers him out. And before he leaves, he reaches out and grabs her hand and he said, I would have liked to get my palm red so I could have hold, held your hand a little longer. That's what he said. Yeah, he's trying to get it. He is trying to get it. He's trying to get it from every female that he encounters in this movie. And he begged the sound design guy to take the <laughs> sound bite of him of her saying oolong and to splice it into the sex scene. <laughs> Didn't happen. Did not happen. He's very, like I said before, he's very horny in this movie. Yeah. Um, that's his main goal, I'd, I'd say, is to get laid. Because he certainly, the police work always ends bad. Like when he's, he starts to investigate a place and there's like a horrific crime scene and he, he leaves. Yeah. And then he, the next scene he is, um, talking up some, you know, uh, some lady at a bar or somewhere. Well, the funny thing is, is if Alan Parker wanted to kind of keep the mystery alive, there are a couple of sequences where he interacts with people. There's like fights and people are chasing him and following him. If they would have done sort of like the seven thing where you don't see the, the villain, really and he assumes it's this johnny favorite guy that he's just following him or whatever it could keep the mystery alive a little bit but instead no no and so then he meets a cast of characters he meets he, he starts to hear about johnny favorite's life he used to johnny favorite used to play with toot sweet great in name. a band and um so he and he uh, interrogates that guy then he follows that guy and that's where you meet lisa bonet who's doing some very well. He actually met her before that, right? Yeah, he meets her. He goes to the graveyard, um, and and we see the the most shitty Jesus memorial statue I've ever seen. Yeah, that's life. right. That's right. And then we find out that probably the smartest person and the most astute person in this film is Lisa Bonet's kid, who loathes right. Harry Angel just upon sight. Right. Starts crying, but then he's told to stop crying, and he does. He does, but he's, mm -hmm. he, you could see him thinking, Grandpa sucks. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, pretty soon there's a vo there's voodoo involved, there's chicken feet, there's and then a, all of a sudden... There's hmm? a chicken attack sequence. Mickey Work mm -hmm. gets his ass kicked by chickens when he visits Lisa Bonet. <clears throat> and then he, all of a sudden, this Toot Sweet character, who's this nice old man. That's my favorite like, scene in the movie. What? And the, when, 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 him and tweet, well, no, when he meets him at the bar and they have a little conversation, that's the best. Right. And he follows him into the bathroom. Yeah. And do you remember, um, do you remember what, what uh, Toots's favorite drink is? He talks about it a lot. Something like the twin sisters or something. Two sisters. What is cocktail, it? Yeah. Twin sisters. Two, two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was awesome. They, they're actually, I think the IMDb trivia had that drink mix. If you want to make it for yourself. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's just, there's a there actually is a ingredients for the drink. Jesus Christ! And something I read today. Um, do you do you like chicken blood? That's part of it. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, so voodoo is involved, Nick. Yep. Or I guess voodoo something. Well, there, the the uh, Mister Favorite, and it was involved in a disgusting ritual. We discover. Yeah, we find that later. But he, you know, our old the hero of the film, old Harry Angel. You keep calling um, him the hero. I know he's not. He, the protagonist, or he happens upon this ritual where Lisa Bonet is slaughtering a chicken, 
and uh, you know the blood spraying spraying all over her. And then Toot Sweet's like, I don't know, what's he doing on the side? Doing some crazy shit. Doing some percussion work. Everybody's dancing, writhing on the ground. Mm-hmm. And Mickey Rourke does the only thing that you you would do in that situation. He leaves. Yeah. He's like, I've seen enough. Yep. <laughs> uh, don't know what to make of this. I'm out. Um, and so then, yeah, so the Toot Sweet ends up dead. How does he die, Nick? He doesn't win. That's so in a pretty bad way. Yeah, but he, he gets in a little fight first. Like, he gets roughed around by Mr. Angel. He does. How does he die? <clears throat> well, then later you find out that he is uh, dead. He had a, that he is choked to death. And they, they took his, cut his dick off and put it in his mouth. Yeah, they, they he choked on his own penis. Yeah. Which is not a... I mean, that's not fun. Yeah, and that actor asked Zoom the in. sound designer if he could have cut the oolong line again. Um, so yeah, that's when the cops get involved. They start interrogating Mickey Rourke, who's keeps being around people that show up later show up dead. Yeah. We got one fat racist cop and you got Pruitt Taylor Vince looking young in his weird eyes. Mm-hmm. Very strange. And then a contractual obligation is fulfilled when they visit the home of the now deceased Charlotte Rampling, who is dead and breasts out. <laughs> Acorns out. <laughs> yeah she is uh and you think that oh man she just got stabbed to death that's too bad but unfortunately they cut her heart out she did so not it's worse than it looks yeah and yeah. it's in a different room that's, yeah, that's the great. worst part is her heart's in a different room right she that is upsetting i it would have been okay if it was in the, the same room is what you're saying yeah, that's exactly what i'm saying yeah you don't put what did you think what did you think when mickey Rourke said to himself he's like Mola Ramos? Like he started accusing Mola Ramos of the crime. Um, but yeah, so that's so that's that's kind of the the pattern this movie gives us. After Mickey Rourke talks to someone and they end up dead, and they end up dying very horrifically. Like it, it's it's not ple- these aren't pleasant deaths, right? They're awful, right? Some I would say satanic. There are people named Proudfoot in this, which takes a, gives me some Hobbit love. That's right. The Epiphany Proudfoot is Lisa Bonet's yeah. character's name. Yeah. Actually, a couple. I mean, the the names in this are pretty great. Yep. It, you know, Proudfoot reminded me, and Angelheart even reminded me of oh, good old Thunderheart. Remember that movie? You want to talk about another great jumping sequence? Val Kilmer. We've talked about the scene in the prophecy where Armando Sante jumps to a window. Mm-hmm. There is a jump in the trailer for Thunderheart that is astounding. Tell me. This is the guy it. who jumps over, like, he jumps. It's not Val Kilmer. It's somebody else, like a villain. The scene where a guy jumps, and it's magnificent. He's, like, jumping over a bush or something, and it's just phenomenal. One of one of my favorite jumpings. I have to see it. I liked that movie when it came out, I remember. Uh, have you seen it? Have you seen it in a long time? No, but it's got, what, Sam Shepard and Graham Greene, right? I think so. Val. I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. You don't need to tell me twice. Is that available? I think. I think that they're trying to like pass. I think Val Kilmer's supposed to be a Native American in that movie. Mission accomplished because I believe every bit of it. <laughs> At least partially. Yeah. It's on Pluto. Anything? Do you have the Pluto TV app? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm going to get it. <laughs> How's by this movie way, lost the time? By the way, I nailed it. Those are the three leads. 
and it also features movie microscope favorite Fred Ward and Fred Dalton Thompson. You want to talk? Okay, you want to talk full circle? Yes. This show continues to give and give and give. Who produced that? Thunderheart. Who produced it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis Cipher. De Niro. Yes. I didn't know he was all up and producing stuff. I wonder if at one point he was going to star in that film. And they gave him a vanity credit. You know? Oh, he was in Purple Rain? <laughs> so, I mean, we're beating around the bush, right? Harry Angel. Let's get, let's get to the sex scene. Let's get to the scene where the dog gets kicked by a horse. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's got these two guys pursuing him uh, the whole time, and they have a dog that really wants to take a bite out of uh, Rourke's ass. Like, yeah. He's really, and there's a scene where they're holding that dog next to his face that look it's very, um, yeah, uh, it it's very horrible. It's horrible, but yeah. So you know the, the the worst thing about that scene though isn't the dog right in his face. What it is that hundreds of crawfish are being killed on camera. Oh, because he flies into a yeah yeah. It's it's like Southern Comfort where we're we're witnessing animal cruelty right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't think those? You thought those were real crawfish? They were. That's is that why they invented CG? Was on the set of Angel Heart? I didn't say it was CG, but there's some poor little, you know, was Warwick Davis you know. in each of those? I'm just wondering if they shaped those out of like uh, red clay. Or, uh, the night before, I don't know what Al, how Al Parker spent his sleepless nights. Yeah, you know, but you're right. So he gets there's a chase scene. Yeah, he gets bit by this dog in the leg. Like he's having a rough time. Um, but um, uh, that scene that you're talking about when there's another chase scene, and this he hides after, behind a horse. It's after the blood sex, but I had to talk about it. Yeah, well, he hides behind this horse, and th- they shoot a horse onto him. Poor dead horse. Yeah, but that dog, that horse kicks a dog. It does. You think it deserved to be shot? No, but I think it is hilarious to watch a dog kick a horse. I mean, the the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that dog doesn't make it. But, um, yeah, then the best is that Mickey Rourke, he pulls himself free from under this horse, and then he runs into a room full of chickens. It's like his worst day. Like 200 chickens. Yeah. I guess he hates chickens because he used to sacrifice them. Or I don't what's it just reminds me of like the, the, the ritual he went under. Yeah. Not the yeah. best film featuring a legendary actor and a room full of chickens. The pledge. Yeah. Which uh, it wasn't, wasn't Rourke in the pledge. De Niro. But isn't, I thought Rourke had like a tiny scene in that. He might actually. He might, is he Wait, crying Nicholson, a lot? Nicholson's in the play. Is he crying a lot in that scene? Yes. Yeah, you're Not right. Not De Niro. Nichol- Nicholson's so in that movie. Yeah, but I mean, did, what I, did I say De Niro? Yes. I said Nicholson. No. Hmm. I love that movie so much. Um, but is, Mickey, is that the movie where Mickey works crying a lot? Yeah. He's talking about his daughter. My uh, brother-in-law sent me that scene recently to prove that Mickey Rourke is an incredible actor because he was upset that you said he was entered, that he should have been replaced in every single role of his by Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts would have done it better. That is a weird thing to hate a cultural icon for. (laughs) He's mad at you for a firm opinion. 
And uh, I will say this. I'm going to float this idea. I don't think Eric Roberts needs to be Mickey Rourke and Angel Heart. I think he would have done gangbusters as Lewis Cipher in this film. Picture Eric Roberts in that role. He would have been fantastic. Yep. Yep. And he could have used his hair. Real hair. From uh, from Heaven's Prisoners. Yeah. Remember when he... Because he, he took his hair down in that. Like De Niro at the end of this film takes his hair down in this. Shoulder length hair. De Niro in this. And or even longer. Roberts actually has a fingernail steward that he brings to each film with him. That's such a huge zoom. Are you serious? Yeah. They this is what I wanted to add. They are sh- they, there are scenes where his hands are out of the frame because they are shaving those fingernails back because they grow so fucking fast. So De Niro's known, like, just like Christian Bale back in the day, to go to extremes for you know to his first characters. And he gained a lot of weight for Raging Bull. Raging Bull, I don't know if you heard of that. Do you think he grew his fingernails out for this film? Or you think those are fake? I think they're fake. Here's the thing. You can't know. Because that's how real of an actor he is. You can't right. know. There's no way to know. You're um, right. Yeah. And he has to say he acted like they were real. You're, you know? He did. And you know, some people would have been very, very dainty with those nails. And he's all up in that egg. That's why I wonder if they were his real nails. Well, the funny thing was he demanded a fertilized egg. <laughs> yeah, it's in his writer. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Let me say this to you. I, this is a, another tangent because we have to have tangents during this one. Because there ain't a lot of talk about. Well, there's quite a few tangents in this film. (laughs) But when I used to get the Guinness Book of World Records book, you know, whatever that, you know, whatever that thing is, you'd open it up. I'd always just go to one picture. And one picture, I'd go to two pictures. Super long fingernails. Yes. That's the only, that's really the only page that mattered to me to see the guy that would refuse to cut his nails. And they were and all they curling were, around like like Arby's fries. They were insane, yeah. And that and the guy that put, put a bunch of cigarettes in his mouth. Those are the two pictures I that Those I guys, went to. Well, I would always go to the world's tallest man. His name yeah. was Robert. I remember that. It was Robert. Yeah. And he was maybe Robert Brown. He was, yeah? he was a huge bitch. And, uh, How tall? How tall was he? He was like all the, all the tall. Yeah. He was every tall. I think that was the... Let, let me see if I could look up that piece of shit. I wonder if he could. Did he? Did he do double duty? Did he also have long nails? Robert Wadlow. Think, Robert Wadlow. You're close. And he was. The, just, he was six uh, one. I just was like, I was fascinated. How did that guy eat? Did someone help him eat? Like, what was he doing? The tall guy or the nail guy? <laughs> Both. Yeah. But the nail guy is what I'm. Yeah, that's just, I just, I mean, that's a long way to go for, to, was he getting paid? Well, he was, nails? you know, I mean, his secret was he didn't watch horror movies. <laughs> his life was a horror film. This guy was 811. Jesus. What a piece of shit. I didn't know they stack shit that high. What's he doing these days? Uh, fertilizing. <laughs> he died super young. 20, Did he really? 22. Did he really? Yeah, yeah it's because he's so tall. That sucks. Yeah. He actually burnt his hair on the sun. <laughs> That's how tall he was. He died from a burnt head. <laughs> What's the guy with the long nails doing these days? 
Yeah, that guy was so fucking gross. And there was also the person, there was like the, there was that person in that book too who had like the cartilage, like his whole like limbs were like all like weird cartilagey thing shits. Mm. I think that's what they call it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I used to turn to your page. As the only guy that saw Al's fucking on the ground. <laughs> you know what? I, I kind of miss that our kids don't have a Guinness book, a world records. I mean, everything is available, you know? So if you want to know who has like the shortest dick, you just can look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, they kind of still make that book. Oh, the book's still out there. Yeah. 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 But, uh, no, but th- you don't think they still make th- a book like that or have a website? No, no they, uh, it's still big, and they still have the mu- like they have the museum. There's a museum in Myrtle Beach, and mm-hmm. I have a really cool museum. I actually had doc- yeah. I had doctor fish lick and eat my feet. <laughs> then they got banned. You know, I ran straight past that section and go to the fingernails wing. <laughs> Did you really put your feet in water and have the? Yeah, the little fish the, the, like little catfish that just nibble on the uh, the dead skin, feel? dead skin off he is. I think the secret. How'd that feel? It's really tender. It's really cool. And how did that feel in the nether regions? <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't able to dip <laughs> the entire. But no, I'm just saying. Did you get uh, Did you get a buzz in your pants from that? <laughs> I don't mean to get personal, but no, it was uh, it was it was medical. It was forensic. It wasn't romantic. But um, I'll tell you, like your sir, your time's done. You're like, I can't stand up yet. <laughs> they ate your feet, huh? Yeah, they nibbled your toes. How cold. much dead skin did you have down there? I don't think did I put- they go. Geez, woof! We can't eat another bite. <laughs> Call on the backup fish. Yeah, they happened- put another load. They put another load of fish in that pond. What Still happens if, on your what, feet? What happens if you're if you're in that pool and then somebody shoots you? There'll be no evidence because they'll have to eat the dead skin. That's fucking weird. That's true. Yeah. That's why they. That's why they were banned. You went to the museum. And Here's you got your fish eaten out by some, uh, or your feet eaten out by some fish. It's very strange I to me. My hands. I don't think I put my feet hmm? in it. But I know that in China, in, in like China or somewhere, that's a thing that people go to these shops. They go to these places where they stick their feet in a tub, and these creatures devour. And then um, to the point where my daughter wanted me to order some illegally by the thousands for our house. To get to, so you guys can get some like pedicures or something sort of fish. And did you, did you go down a path? Did you start looking at the prices? It's, it's yeah, it's super legal. I think they're just little catfish. They don't really have any value, but I'll tell you what, don't need to go to the pet store. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you feed the fish? Oh, I'm just here. Here's my wrist. You know, did anybody, did someone fuck it up when you were there and they threw someone threw a chicken nugget in there and they're like, what have we been missing all this time? We've been eating dead feet skin. (laughs) (laughs) I've been eating. (laughs) That's how you mess it up. All right. Sorry. I said there was tangents. Um, You know, Rourke keeps saying he's from Brooklyn in this every time he's confronted with something weird. Said, I'm not up on this, all this voodoo shit. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. He really, he really overplays that hand. And, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about this sex scene 
um, that was, this was what the movie was kind of known for. Right. And I think even I read Siskel's a part of his review today that he didn't like the film and he was disappointed that the sex scene wasn't, um, extreme enough after all of the things he heard about it. Which I thought was a strange well, thing. Well, you know, to one, say, of the, one of the things that the MPAA really doesn't like is thrusting. Mm-hmm. They like when people are, are lying motionless. You could show skin and all that, but if you see pumping for some reason, that makes it cheap or dirty. Plenty of pumping in this scene. There is, yeah. And, you know, it looks like the two actors, you know, there's something weird does happen. Was that Mickey Rourke does a lot of uh, tongue stuff on her breasts? Mm hmm. Like he's dancing with his tongue across her uh, chest, and it is hard to watch because um, it is strange looking. And so, but there is everybody seems to be kind of into what's going on, and then all of a sudden it turns bad. He starts and bloods to, everywhere. And he starts to choke her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he there's blood on their his back, which is coming from the ceilings. Mm-hmm. The room is very uh, you know wet. You know it's very uh, leaky. Yeah. And then she's screaming. Because he's choking her, and then he he finally lays off. Yeah, um, and it's a, it's disturbing. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's think about this. Oh, I need mm-hmm. I need your personal opinion. Okay, so these guys. First of all, it turns out she's his daughter. That we do figure that out later. Yeah, he, and the way he when he reveals that, it's kind of hilarious that he just basically owns it. But um, I for, I definitely forgot that part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, but. He is uh, having sex with a very young lady who's a mother, who's his daughter, in a room, a gross room with water and blood dripping everywhere, and still not as gross as Alan Thicke. (laughs) On the set of Deadly Friend? Correct. You're right. Uh, And when I saw this, uh, you know, um, at home, and my friend turned to me during that scene at the end when she's on the bed dead, and they said that she... Uh, died from a gunshot up up her there's a gun sticking in her vagina i guess and she was killed that way which is i missed that that's true i missed all of that yeah that's she that's what happens um and it's horrifying and so then uh he the cops talking to him and he said who is this woman and rourke was looking at her because that's my daughter my friend turned to me he's like he's a grandfather Um, you don't remember that you didn't hear that. I've remembered that, that line for, that's the only thing I really remember from this is the way she dies. No, I told totally, the cop says, is that, is that your gun up in her? I'm a, I must've been cleaning myself up. Yeah, she is. That's how she died. What do you think? She got a pleasant death. She, no one. I mean, I, there was blood, but I thought the whole thing, the choking thing, for some reason, the choking thing is what stuck with me. And I have to, I have to admit this. I watched this movie. I've been keeping stupid hours. I've been waking up super early. Mm-hmm. And I napped. You stressed? I, no, just just uh, just mm-hmm. the world. I mean, I didn't fall asleep during that part, but I had to re I had to rewatch a couple of scenes early on because I kept drifting away. But I totally don't remember that. I totally don't remember that. Yeah, they say it at the end. It's horrifying. Here we did skip over a scene when he's interrogating this guy, the horse track, the guy that paid for, you know, Johnny favorite to you know this doctor off so the lewis cypher wouldn't know that johnny favor was a, away from this mental hospital anyway this guy says to mickey rourke he's like do you want to have some gumbo <laughs> and mickey rourke says no and they proceed to walk into a room where there's this huge the ca- gigantic pot of gumbo cauldron of gumbo yes and then mickey rourke just casually flings a crab into it 
He sure does, which is another animal abuse. And um, that's not the only thing that gets that, to it, though. No, and then that guy gets drowned in it after Mickey Rourke starts to lose his mind a little bit. This guy, that guy also sings like a canary. He tells Mickey Rourke everything, yeah. of what's happening. And uh, he ends up getting, he actually he has the most pleasant death. He gets drowned in gumbo. Yeah. And it's probably pretty good if, if knowing that region. Mm-hmm. I know what it was with the Lisa Bonet thing, why I missed the vagina shooting. Because hmm. I, I, I was staring at her armpit. Yeah, she got a hairy armpit. Hairy angel, hairy armpit. Anyway, there's a big block. There's a, there's, I noticed this in that scene with the guy who gets drowned in gumbo. They're, he, they, they're in a room with a bunch of ice blocks. Right. And the ice blocks, when they cut back to Rourke, they keep it's one of their changing ass. shape. Hmm? Yeah. He kicks one of the ice blocks as ass. He chips at. Well, he sta- he keeps stabbing it with an ice pick. He Sharon stones it, but when they keep coming back to him, the second ice block that he's not working over keeps mess changing shape. So I, there's ice block continuity problems in this film. It's pretty. And I went to. Well, yeah, there is, and I went to enter. You know, like I do, I went to enter that in Wikipedia. Someone beat me to it. Ice ice block continuity problems, well known for. But, yeah. but is that Alan Parker's way of saying he's got a little hell on him and it's melting that ice? Maybe, but he's really stabbing that. At this point, you're probably thinking, if you're a savvy person with your eyes open, that Mickey Rourke is doing all these crimes. We're getting so you think he's we're getting to the cutest part of this movie. Yeah, because this is the a, yellow eyes. It's a dark and gloomy film. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could smell it almost. It makes it makes Heaven Prisoners look like a non-smelly film mm-hmm. yeah so yeah robert de niro does glow his eyes do glow when he he is really full mephistopheles in that scene where he's kind of just showing off all the great shit that he's just put mickey work through loves it mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not the last time we see bob because we get to see him as a cutie a little bit later <laughs> as a little kid he is the cutest thing or is he dressed as like a nun or something? Yeah, is that what you're talking about? All cute under a hood and all that. And it turns out it's De Niro. Yeah, he's Look, looking very cute, cute. on that. But here's the thing. Um, you know, at one point, Mickey Rourke screams and they cut to De Niro's cane and it's got a screaming head on it. That's true. And, um, you know, you know, at this point, he's got his hair down. He's very, he's very devilish. He is. And, um, and he's, uh, you know, he explains he explains to Mickey Rourke that he's Johnny Favorite. There's a ritual, all the stuff that he owns a soul. And then he does just to put a little, just to punctuate it, just put a little drama on that. Yep. He busts out the yellow eyes. I don't, says, think, I, Mickey Rourke, I don't think Mickey Rourke sees those eyes, does he? I think it's when he's not looking at him. Well, he definitely points at him with any, and he said, I own your soul or something. With the yellow eyes, and I wish if I was Mickey, if I was, you know, Harry Angel, I'd say, could you run back through what just happened? Like I was like, I don't get it. Like, what is going on? I keep meeting people, and then they get destroyed, and I don't remember how. It's like this is weird. This is some weird shit. But you know, they cut to scenes with Mickey Rourke with blood all over him and all that stuff, really committing these crimes. But he doesn't remember that poor guy. And then, you know, then he, Lisa Bonet's kid comes out also with some yellow eyes, which is ridiculously dumb. I don't know, man. I, this movie's got some style to it, but I don't really understand. I bet the book was better. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. Can't be worse. 
thought this movie you, was slog to me. No, it's okay. It's the microscope. They're not all. They're not all roses. Mm-hmm. So, what's your what's your favorite part of it? The gumbo conversation with uh, Toots Pops, whatever. Yeah. Toot sweet. Toot sweet. And Johnny Favorite was a musician. Remember, he was he was the most evil person that Lisa Bonet's now dead mother ever met, like her character's mother ever met, but also super dick in the bed sheets. Yeah, the best lover. And and that was one of the other things that threw me for loop is how much she knew about her mom's sex life. That was odd. <laughs> they were close. I can't imagine a scenario where that conversation would happen. Not as close as she was with her dad, though. Yeah. Yeah. Old boy, old boy vibes in this. Yeah. No. And I get it. This is a very well-made film. It's very stylish. It's aged well as a, as a cinematic work. I just think Mm -hmm. it's not that smart and it's not that it doesn't, doesn't double down on the creepy enough and it doesn't double down on the gumshoe stuff. So it's not really an effective mystery and it's not really an effective horror film. And it just, it's a gory film with some style to it. It's definitely a curiosity. I, you know, I'd recommend watching it if you've never seen it, but it's, I think it is certainly lacking in the story department. Um, I don't know. Why am I reviewing it? We don't do that here. It's okay. Um, thumbs sideways for me on this one. Okay. So let's do the work, man. You're at the tattoo parlor. Needles are buzzing. The guy is looking at you disturbed. He's really disturbed because they're about to, uh, there's about to be a documentary in the making of Marilyn Manson's Antichrist, and he's waiting. And his, his DVR is not working, so he's furious. So he needs you to get this shit done post-haste. Right. How are you tatting up? How am I tatting up? That's such a good question here. What about you? Do you, you think of any imagery from yeah. this you'd like to so, permanently press onto your skin? So I, I, I got... I went to for micro tat. So I had a I had a, a device like the one that they used with Catherine Hellman in Brazil to pull my belly button open super wide. Okay. okay. So it's all stretched under and out. And he has got his he's buried in there with his little needle doing a secret design. And if so it's very intimate, it's very internal, but he has that little kid with the glowing eyes. If you look deep into my bell, he's there. Oh, the kid? The kid with the glowing eyes is, is living in my bell. Goodness. Well, I I mean, I would definitely... What can I do here? Um, and there's a word bubble saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I would just have a tattoo of a a, pot, a huge pot of gumbo on my, um, my left breast and a, a, a crab being flung into it. Okay. Into this hot gu- bubbling gumbo and then a speech bubble coming out that said, um, that says, please, Mr. Mickey Rourke, please don't throw me into this hot gumbo. By the way, your real name is Johnny favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have. That's, that's what I'd have him. That's pretty- and he, he'd have a huge, he'd have a, you know, like everybody in this movie, he has some exposition to get out. Before he dies. Yep. <laughs> you were a crooner <laughs> back in the day, and you split a soldier open to get <laughs> get his soul. You chopped a baby out. Do you understand crab? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. Yeah, so that's it. That's, that's what I would do. Um, 
Wait a minute. Did it, it, actually, I erase all that. It would just say, I hope Lisa Bonet doesn't get fired from the Cosby show for this. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I would definitely get gumbo on me. I, I think it would be better if the crab was just saying, is this 100% necessary? <laughs> <laughs> That's better. <laughs> I have been taken from my home, the water. Is that not enough for torture <laughs> for me? <laughs> Layers of truth there. Yeah. Um, all right. So you, uh, you've you been inserted into Angel Heart. You are part of this film. Oh, yeah. You got some serious op- options here. You do, yeah. I Okay. So I was also in the war. I was a, He was a private. I was a superior. I was a colonel. And I was ghosting this bitch. I'm ghosting him mm-hmm. throughout his journey here. And I remember him from the war. And I'm, I'm originally, I'm, I'm keeping dibs on him, but I start to get distracted over the course of the film with all these things that he's doing. Right. And by the end of the film, um, I'm still enlisted, by the way. Hmm. I have seen a wide variety of misuse of these creatures. And so I gather these chickens, and I get a whole mess of spices, and I come up with a recipe. <laughs> and I launch a huge business I'm, I'm listening. That's right. Angel Heart is actually the origin story for KFC. <laughs> and you'd be, what, do you be Colonel Sanders in this? Exactly right. Oh, my God. This is amazing. I dropped some serious wet truth. And what is, so then what is, is the C in KFC, for, is it Cypher? Is that what it really stands for, not chicken? I didn't think about that. Ooh. Yeah. And that, Could be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the idea, and I'm in, I mean, and it's so obvious when you see me, I'm, I, it's Colonel. And you're like, why is this brightly clad, adorable, adorable bearded man, ghost in Mickey Rourke? And you think he's, he's looking out for his best interest, but no, he too has made a pact with the devil to make some badass chicken. Mission yeah, accomplished. Seven herbs and spices, right? Only seven? Is that what the thing was for Kentucky Fried Chicken? Seven? So uh, maybe six, maybe six, six, six. Yeah, well, herbs uh, and spices. That's right. And so while his elevator's going down, mine's going up. That's right. Do you think Colonel Sanders was like a handsome man at, at any point, like in his younger days? Yeah. I think he always had a white beard, like in the 20s. Like, I wonder, I never Googled oh, young like Colonel Martin. Sanders. He's like Steve Martin. He got super young white hair. I wonder what he's like as a young man. Yeah. That's a, I'm going to spend some time in my, on Earth looking up that information, <laughs> getting that into my brain. I would just be, you know, just a guy that, you know, happens upon um, uh, Mickey Rourke when he's on his way to the diner. And Mickey Rourke drops, like, his keys. And I go, oh, hey, man, well, you dropped this. And I hand them back to him. And then I'm some fans play, and I'm drawn and quartered. <laughs> Guilty by association? No, he drawn and quarters me, and then he takes one of my quarters and puts it in the bubblegum machine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guy that works there is like that. That kind of quarter? What are you doing? And then, you know? and then one gumball and three automobiles come out because that is some serious coin. <laughs> I just was trying to help him get his keys back, and he killed me. Like that's everybody that that just happens across, upon his path. Yeah. 
So you, the, the Satan destroys. Back in the 1955, you, you fucking throw a cord in a machine, you get your gumball, and then you know you own the New York Times. Yeah, that's true. You are yeah. a magnate. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I got a gumball from a machine. Do you? Yep, this weekend. Yep. You're kidding. My son had a catastrophic gumball incident where he, because he's carrying his little bag of change throughout. And he had one quarter, and he put it in, and, the, and he didn't put his hand underneath the thing, and the gumball went under the floor and shattered it to a trillion pieces. Well, first of all, don't eat a gumball that does that. Right. It shattered? Like, it, you mean, so it shattered? It shattered. So he, was he upset? He was the look in the poor guy's face, and he was like rifling yeah. through his change, and I, being the perfect father, happened to have a quarter in me pocket. Saved mm, so you. Got his fist. You save the. Got his, You save the day, or did that, you chew that gum? <laughs> got his fist under that 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 slot, and he received it and ate it. It was very nice. Do you remember the color? It was blue. Would you remember the color of the one that shattered? Blue. Hmm. Well, two blues in a row. It was. All, they were all blue. It was a blue gumball machine. Hmm. He stepped on it, which made my son a gumshoe. <laughs> You know, my, I might if I zoom in real quick. Okay. My favorite flavor to always get out of the gumball machine. Don't fuck orange. me. I was going to say orange. <laughs> and I, said, I was thinking, don't fuck me. Because mm-hmm. orange is bland as boo. Oh, I thought you were going to. I my thought favorite you were color. Agree. It's my favorite color, but no. I mean, I think it's either orange or pink. I, I go with those two colors. It's, it's watermelon or rust. Come on. Whatever. By the way, best watermelon on the planet, Bubblicious. Rest in peace. I think it's still around. I'll find you some. Thank you. Um, All right. So you've been given the green light to um, produce your own sequel to Angel Heart. Now, this film ends with Harry Angel descending into hell in an elevator. And at the end, we hear his his names both mentioned by Lewis Cipher. Oh, I didn't. I I turned it off. I I didn't know that was going to happen. Harry. Oh, okay. So I missed that. I just saw the descending by elevator and I turned it off after a while. Not much is happening, but it does. It is strange as the credits are rolling. You're getting some more scenes here. Um, De Niro, apparently, you know, they're feuding De Niro and Mickey Rourke lately. Yeah. Team De Niro. De Niro Mickey Rourke has said that De Niro uh, got him kicked out of the Irishman somehow or something. I believe it. Yeah. Good, good choice. Um, let me see here. What would I do for a sequel? I mean, this movie's. I'm going to take De Niro's two biggest franchises and combine them. Okay. So picture this. Um, De Niro, it's Christmas time, holidays, families together, and De Niro comes stumbling into the house, long ass fingernails, toboggan hat on. Big puffy sweater. Worst, okay. worst grandpa. He's <laughs> Lewis Cipher. That sounds that sounds promising. And it has grandpa in the title. And you know De Niro, that's all he needs to hear before he signs so up. I'm saying it's, it's taking his two best franchises. The grand <coughs> excuse me. Bless you. You got the bad grandpa and you got Lewis Cipher together. So like, you know, it's they're unwrapping presents and he's eating that slow egg. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I know what's in your present already. And they open it up, and it's like a fucking mutilated 
embryonic thing. What's that movie with Anne Hathaway that he was and in? And he's too? like, my mistake, that was for me. <laughs> you remember the movie? The Erector Set. <laughs> and then they open that up and it's the gnarled twin tower remains. Oh, that one was for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. He keeps gifting. That's what he's doing. He's gifting himself presents. Yeah, but he's he's wrapping it in adorable, like Darth Vader, like cute paper for the kid. And the kid opens it up in his pajamas. It's seven in the morning. The kid's shitting himself. And then and then it's you know it's like uh, it's oh it's a stillborn deer. That was for me. <laughs> all he does, all he needs to do really is to torment a kid. It's just to have. Like the kid by the tree, and then like Louis Cipher never comes down the stairs to open <laughs> gifts. It's like, wait, I'm still getting ready in the bathroom. Yes, yeah, that, that that's is, all you need to do. The devil was smart. Um, my sequel would be that it would just it would be just like Halloween too. It would pick up exactly where the previous movie left off, whereas Mickey Rourke descends into hell, and um, you know he's all the way. You know, he gets to the ground level and uh, he's ushered into a room and he's like, he's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm this is hell. I know I, I, I was the killer. I'm I'm insane. Like I'm my my soul is, for, is forever tormented. And the first way they torture him is they make him watch Angel Heart. <laughs> <laughs> he's screaming, you know, uh, he perks up during the um of course, during the nurse scene, does like that. But then he's just back to anguish, uh, you know. So that's what that he just tortured by. But he, you know, and he only has to have to has to watch it once. But then at the end of that movie, you know, then a third another sequel could happen because then it's you know it's also Angel Heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now imagine watching this on Amazon Prime with their little X-ray feature, where there's trivia. Yeah. You know, they, have you ever have you ever done that X-ray feature on purpose? No. Yeah, I've only ever done it by myself. Yeah, but let's say you're watching this. I think it'd be great to work for Amazon, and uh, you're you're like um, taxes, what? And you're and you're um, and you're doing the X-ray, and during the sex scene, you, you go to the X-ray. And says that's his daughter. He's fucking. <laughs> Pay attention to his daughter under him. <laughs> And then, and then say, pay attention to her snub nose revolver shaped vagina. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. In case you missed it, she gets shot up. Her dang, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's. I guess my sequel. That's what I would do. It's pretty bad, Nick. Difficult tourniquet. Yeah, she. They, they didn't look like she. I think she died quickly. Okay. Pretty awful, though. Oh, it's not something that's good. Mm-mm. Louis Cipher, he's like a, it's like a serial killer in a way, like a crazy, a crazed killer, really making people suffer. I don't like it. <sighs> um, but it's Harry Angel doing the bad shit. Yeah, but he's. I think he's possessed by Louis Cipher. I think that he's tormented by the devil. I, you know, I don't. I don't really understand. Okay, what's so there's a chicken and egg thing here, though. Who is the villain? The guy manipulating the bad guy or the guy that cut a child's in half to, to not be who he was. Yeah, Get out of a deal with the devil. But then he went nuts, right? And he forgot who he was at the insane asylum or something. 
I don't really understand. He it it sounds it seems like he's he possessed the soul of the soldier, so he is Harry Ainge, like he is the soldier. Like he's that's who he thinks he is. What, I don't really whatever know. Whatever happened the, when the good old days? Whatever happened in the good old days where a guy would just try to get good at guitar? I just need the X-ray feature, yeah, because he did all this to become famous. I I need to read the Wikipedia, get a little bit more. I need to zoom in a little harder. I don't really know what's going on in this movie. I'm confused, Nick. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you're raking it in. You've got all sorts of money and you've been given the ability to launch your own angel heart related merchandise or franchising. Mm -hmm. What you got cooking? Well, you already sound like you came up with an idea. You, you wasted it. You're talking about, we talking about your chicken place. No, no, no. I don't know. I think I, I think I just go easy on this one and start selling blood, butt pictures, blood, butt pictures. Yeah. Blood, butt. <laughs> You know, Mickey Rourke. Yeah. They keep splashing blood all over his uh, rear end in this. They do. And I just get those stills from that color or black and white. You know, a little bit more money for color, obviously. Right. But I'd sell blood. I'd just sell blood butt pictures, uh, you know, and signed um, by Charlotte Rampling for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and and But I think I could make some money. The on only that, way to like, get her to do it is if it's over Zoom and she's topless. Autograph over Zoom, huh? <laughs> she autographs it topless on Zoom and then mails it topless at the post office. <laughs> but yeah, I would do. I would definitely do blood butt pictures. And I'm trying to think if there's other movies I can I can do this with. Do you? Is there a lot of movies that have a lot of like that? Just bloods pouring in the crack. And um, Nightwatch has a similar scene. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm uh, talking about blood. Uh, strictly blood, but no, I don't, I'm not sure. There's got to be. That's one for the listeners to think about. You know, Carrie had some inner crack. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it before. But yeah, you may be right. Yeah. And no wonder she was so angry. You think when it reached crack, that's when she really popped off? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's when the gymnasium door started to bang shut. Yeah. If this reaches my, if this reaches my crack, God's sake, I'm going to kill this whole school. Yeah, I don't like any yeah. blood in my bung. It's a line from Stephen King's book. <laughs> so I, um, I'm going to create a um, dildo. A, a huge dildo contraption that has uh, levers and whatnot to make uh, little sharp wings pop out from sides and stuff like that. I'm listening. That's it. You're on an island. <laughs> you have been gathering debris for many a year uh, for the film, films that you've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And uh, the time has come to make uh, your donation from Angel Heart. Now, this island is filled with a very unique assortment of things, so you could really go haywire here. Mm -hmm. What would you bring? Well, I definitely I would bring De Niro's uh, white, long, elongated white nails, which I imagine are pasties, like you said, yeah. right? And I'd stick 
those nails over my own, you know, uh, nail, you know, bitten to, you know, I, I bite my nails a little bit, zoom in. And, um, I'd use those. And instead of an egg, I'd just be doing that action on a coconut. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) And just (laughs) working at it for weeks, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And just basically scraping the hair off the coconut with those nails. Cause it's, I don't know, you know, trying to create like little grids in it to really try to make some headway. Yeah. But, um, you know, but you have to pass time on an island opening a coconut in a very horrible way. Right. It sounds like a blast to me. Can I take, that's what I, that's what, can I take two things? I'm mean, okay. I want to take Charlotte Rampling's notebook that she was using to, to gather information. Okay. Because I think it's 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 probably informative. And it would provide me reading material, but I also want that kicked dog. I want the the kicked dog and her notebook, if I could. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a violation, right? No. Okay. Because they kind of go together, and uh, I really want to. Uh, and I want the dog to be in mid kick, like when I have it. Yeah. I want it to be Hello. kind of like I want it to be feeling the force. Of the kick forever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so like frozen in midair, kind of like it's, it's, there's like a hoof indentation in it as it's grunting and maybe a forever loop of it grunting. Right. Yeah. So I would have that notebook. I'd be reading it sitting next to the dog that's grunting in mid kick. (laughs) Well, I remember I I really liked that movie. The, Kick dog in the notebook, the McAdams and Gosling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you want, and what? Why would you want to take the notebooks just so you can draw a picture of this? No, no, I want this dying dog or what? pages of Charlotte Rampling's notes about mm-hmm. people's weirds. You know, right. I could I could put put together the mystery of all these people that she's been speaking to, you know, gathering intel on. Okay. Uh, which is a very informative and helpful tool, but not as helpful as that dog's forever grunting, which I will, right. it'll, I'll, I'll like curl up and it'll be my, it'll be my ASMR. You know, I'd be like, oh. I'll, you know, it'll be the sweet, sweet Ghibli voice in my ear. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I mean, um, I bet those nails would come in handy too. Like I said, from when I, we did Return of the Jedi, I took the, uh, uh, the speeder, the I can't remember the name of it, but the the nose of that, right, to scratch my back. But I bet those nails would come in handy to get back there too. You know, yeah. The 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 speeder bike as a scratching tool was a stretch. Why? I can make that work, my friend. That's the what I'm starting to figure out is that I, I envision myself in this island having a very itchy back. For some, you know, maybe I'm sunburned back there and it's healing. I don't know, but I am. That is my main concern when I start taking things to the island. Is how am I going to scratch that back? Itchy backa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of uh, of uh, us being on our individual islands at any given time when you're scratching profusely with De Niro's hand nail. Yeah. And I'm thumbing through that that those pages, learning about people's origins, and looking over at the indentation of dog fur. 
and just smiling to myself. Right. You're a sick man. Yeah, um, this is a... Well, congratulations on your dead dog, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think you're... There's a... It's a whole glass is half full, half empty. The dog is half alive while it's being kicked. And that's the optimism oh. I'd like to bring to this. Right. You think the dog is yeah. half dead while being kicked to death. It's in pain, right? It's 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 the first sensory sharpnesses that it's receiving of of pain. But it hasn't realized it. And I it's moments before that dog is is really deep into the death of it. Do we know the sh- for sure the dog died? No. Yeah, it could have just got a cracked rib or something. Yeah. Although a horse kick. I know. Uh, That's rough. Yeah. Nobody gave me time when I was nobody. Nobody bought me lunch until I found his cave. Now I got the spotlight, 12 or 15 minutes gone. Let's